Hello and welcome to Revitalize. Perspire, inspire, expire. Revitalize is daily encouragement for modern Christian women, sponsored by Teaching Mums Limited, an executive coaching company for mums by mums. Visit teachingmums.com today. Each mum, reach mum, teach mum. This is your personal invitation on how to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour. Now this personal invitation has been taken from the Joyce Meyer Everyday Life Bible. All verses used will be amplified, the amplified version, unless otherwise stated. Please repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me and forgiving me of my sins so I can have a personal relationship with you. I am sincerely sorry for the mistakes I've made and I know I need you to help me live right. Your word says in Romans 10, 9, if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognising his power, authority and majesty as God and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I believe you are the Son of God and I confess you as my Saviour and Lord. Take me just as I am and work in my heart, making me the person you want me to be. I want to live for you, Jesus, and I'm so grateful to you for giving me a fresh start in my new life with you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer along with me for the first time, then I'd love to say to you, welcome to the family, sweetheart. Um, This is, apart from getting married and having children and um, following your dream and deciding to step out on your own, this is the best decision and the most important decision you will ever make. Um, And I want to welcome you and celebrate you for this personal commitment that you have made in hidden places. May the Lord bless you and multiply you and increase you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Um, Practical things. Join your local online church. (laughs) I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, join your local online church. Read your Bible every day. Download apps with scripture and protect your salvation with your life. Tell other people how wonderful the Lord is. And of course, if you have prayer requests, you can get in touch with me, lulu at teachingmums.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd love to pray for you. It's so accessible and even easier now than it was six months ago. Good for you. And continue to believe that you are perfectly loved just the way that you are now. So the three verses today, um, I definitely think we'll go over Philippians 2, verses 3 to 7, 
again today because it's really, really loaded and we did run out of time on the show yesterday. So that's Philippians 2, verse 3 to 7. 1 Timothy verses five, um, chapter 5, verse 6. 1 John 3, verse 17 and 18. So let's pray first and then I will share those verses with you. Father in heaven, thank you for your word at work. Thank you for your Holy Spirit abiding in us. Thank you for the opportunity to stand and share. Lead me in all truthfulness and help me to lead your women into your secret place. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the verses um, will be the last three in this series and it's really challenged me this week. You know, you share or teach on a topic, you're tested on a topic and then you grow, you share, you teach, you're tested, you grow and it's really important that I stand by the things that I say. So I told you that I'm growing in um, becoming less and less selfish because I do want to be like the one who gave himself for me. So let's go to Philippians 2, verses 3 to 7. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, through factional motives or strife, but with an attitude of humility, being neither arrogant nor self-righteous. Regard others as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this same attitude in yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility, who, although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God, as one with him, possesses the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted, as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it, but emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. It feels good. It it feels good just to read those words again because I just want to pick up on a few points that we made in the early episodes of this mini-series in that um, when we are aware of our source and where our provision comes from, it strengthens our resolve to become less selfish. And in the Amplified, it says that Jesus, this is just a paraphrase, okay, even though Jesus was God, he did not um, hold on to his title so dearly that he was unable to humble himself to serve others. And he wasn't afraid of um, defamation of character, okay? He wasn't afraid that he might lose his status. He was so confident and secure in his identity that he emptied himself completely. Now, I'll be really honest with you. I'm working on becoming like this, but I'm not there yet. I think it's very difficult to empty yourself and not and not worry about what people will think, 
um, about being refreshed, about having some time to recover. You know, those those things are important. But what the word is saying is that Jesus is God, fully man and fully God. But he humbled himself to our level in order to serve us and to win us. Um, assuming the form of a bond servant. So somebody who's legally bound to serve you and has no way of getting free, you know, unless they're released. And it says he, being in the likeness of men, became completely human, but without sin, sin, being fully God and fully man. So he emptied himself. The things that Jesus would have found easy, um, he emptied himself of his luxury of being God's only son, and now I'll be really honest with you, if I had um, the privilege of being fully God and fully man in this, in the capacity that Jesus was, I do believe we are sons and daughters of God. Um, but if I was God and man and was given the opportunity to come to earth from heaven, um, I would have made a show of it. He could have lived in the best house. He could have had the most money, the, um, the best care you know, the best health care, the, the nicest clothes. And actually he humbled himself to be like the people that he walked with so that he would gain worshippers for the king, for the father, so that he might save people. And this is what the, the apostle Paul was saying um, back in the book of Galatians and in the book of Corinthians, just being able to consider the other, making yourself all things to all men that you might win them to Christ, that they might become saved. So, in our sense, Jesus Christ is our cause. But when Jesus was walking the earth, his cause was to bring people to his father through him. And he was so committed to that cause that of course it cost him his life. And um, walking away from selfishness may mean that um, your social status is at stake. Um, your reputation could be at stake. People might not understand why you are following the cause of Christ. Um, you know, and people might think, well, this stuff isn't real. It's allegory. So why would you commit and um, put so much emphasis on something that they think isn't real? This is the cost. And this is how we, um, we build our faith because there were people that didn't believe in Jesus. They saw him in the flesh, they knew his parents, they knew his brothers and sisters, they didn't understand his family, they didn't understand his calling, but he still gave. And I challenge you the way I challenge myself, people may not understand your calling, they may not understand the purpose of your life or the purpose on your life, but I would strongly encourage you to continue to empty yourself, be available to the people that God has asked you to be available to. And the Lord himself will do for you what he did for Christ, which is affirm you and love you and strengthen you and give you grace and strength to do what he has called you to do. Let's go to Timothy. First Timothy. Verse 5, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 6. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 6. Whereas she who lives for pleasure and self-indulgence is spiritually dead even while she still lives. Now the previous verse is talking about um, 
the difference between real widows. You know, it says in the Bible in Timothy that if a widow has children um, or grandchildren who are adults, they are to support her before she um, accepts support from the church because a church is responsible for caring for orphans and widows, but widows who do not have extended family. Um, and here it says that now a woman who is really a widow and has been left entirely alone without adequate income, trusting God uh, in supplications and prayers night and day. This is a woman that has nobody, no children, no grandchildren. Whereas, so the whereas is, um, is linking to the previous verse, okay? Whereas she who lives for pleasure and self-indulgence is spiritually dead, even while she still lives. So I don't want to take the verse out of context because um, the Apostle Paul is, is writing to Timothy to encourage him. He's young in his faith. People don't respect him because of his age. And the Apostle Paul is like his father and saying, look, you know, don't let people despise you because you're young. You do what God has called you to do. And I extend that to you. You know, you may be a mum listening, thinking, well, what kind of ministry could I have when, you know, I'm at home all the time. And actually, your family, your children, if you have a spouse, they are your ministry. Your, your friends, your um, extended family, they're your ministry. Um, and in this situation, when we link this verse to um, selfishness, um, the Apostle Paul is actually encouraging us not to live just for pleasure um, and self-indulgence because it kills our walk in the spirit. And then we know that you're either walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit. It's, you know, it, you can't do both. I've tried to do both and it's incredibly tiring because there are two types of appetite, okay? It's like being married and trying to live like a single person. You cannot fulfill both appetites. It's one or the other. Or being a parent and not being a parent. You can't be both at the same time. Either you're a parent, you're a mum or you're not. Either you're married or not. Either you're walking in the spirit or not. And now it doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. Of course, my goodness, we make mistakes. But the Bible has asked us to be single-hearted, single vision, single-purposed in that. It's nothing to do with being single. It's to do with having um, your loyalty and allegiance to Jesus com completely. I know allegiance is a slightly controversial word, but it is loaded in the sense that the Lord wants you to be committed to him alone. And being committed to him alone will enable us to move away from just living for pleasure and self-indulgence because we don't want to be spiritually dead even whilst we live. We have been given an opportunity to live again, to be born again, alive in the spirit and, you know, alive on earth. But living for pleasure, living for ourselves, um, living for the for the id or for the for ego, leads us down a path of destruction, further away from God, and closer to our end. And Jesus wants the opposite of that for us, where we we live in faith, we do what He's asked us to do, love and consider others and become more like him. It's a tall ask because actually it doesn't just happen. You have to want it. You have to pursue it. We, we, we have to be in the word as often as we possibly can because 
The word is water. The word is bread. The word is our sustenance. And it's also a mirror. When I read the word, I think, wow, I am not there yet. However, I also have the hope that I certainly will get there. And no matter how long it takes, I'm completely committed to becoming more and more like Christ. Let's look at the final verse. 1 John 3. 1 John 3, verse 17 and 18. 1 John 3, 17 and 18. But whoever has the world's goods, adequate resources, and sees his brother in need, but has no compassion for him, how does the love of God live in him? Hmm. Little children, believers, dear ones, let us not love merely in theory, with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. So this is the final scripture of the series and perfectly um, situated because it's the call to action. Now we understand what selfishness is and humility and unselfishness is. The Lord is encouraging us through the book of John to act. And I keep using this example, but I'll share it again if you're um, asked to help or support somebody on a night where you normally um, have your me time or you normally watch a series back to back, we have to decide if what we've been asked to do is more important than what we want to do. And, and that's up to you. That's down to your prayer time. And you can in the moment say to God, Father, is this something I ought to be doing? Some things I think we'll go without saying, we're going without thinking about. Um, but in a situation where somebody who maybe doesn't live with you, for example, that you say that you love, that you have a relationship with, that you care for, asks you to do something or to support something that is on a night that you know either you are spending time with family or you are going to bed early or or something in your personal life that, that's immovable, you have to call it. And you don't necessarily have to justify it, but you should have peace of mind. There's things that I am sometimes asked to do in the evening and I, and I say no. And one of the main reasons I say no is because by the time it gets to six or seven o'clock, I'm absolutely exhausted. And because I use my voice all day for my clients and for some of the children that I teach, um, for my podcasts, for praying with with other mums, all of these things, by the time it gets to the evening, I know that I'm not able to really give with joy and nor am I able to give my best. And so I say no and people don't understand. And that, that's okay, but I do have peace about it. But if someone says to me, look, in the morning, can we pray together at nine or 10 o'clock? Because that's the time I've set aside to pray, or to meet with a client, the chances are I could probably move my client call forward and spend that time praying with a person. I'm, I've been up early, 
I'm refreshed, I'm ready to share. Um, it's the same question, but it might just be the time of day that they've asked me. I am well within my rights to say, actually, I'm really sorry, but I'm not able to help you with that. And I think it has to be handled on an individual case-by-case -case scenario because it's unfair for me to say, well, you should do anything that any Christian brother or sister asks you to do. I don't think you should. I think you need to look at your immediate circumstances, look at your calling and your purpose. If you've been called to intercede for people and someone asks you to pray, it makes perfect sense. If you've been called to teach and somebody asks you to teach, it's a no-brainer. You know, if you've been called to admin or helps and someone needs your admin skill, skills or your help, it makes perfect sense. But I think each thing has to be dealt with individually. And sometimes people can label you as selfish because you're not doing what they want. But the priority is to do what God has asked you to do. So, girls, here we are. It's really important that as we wrap this up, that there were no um, stones unturned and no open wounds. Because the last thing I want is for you to hear these words, go away feeling sad, like, my goodness, I'm never going to be like that. The hope we have in Christ is that we will get there. And now that we have the truth, we take action. We walk in the truth. We use our resources. It says um, that if you have adequate resources and you see your brother in need and have no compassion. So if you have an abundance of resources, money, food, skills, maybe you're offering a service for free to a family member or a loved one. This is what the Lord is talking about. He's not talking about every day, all day, your whole entire life. It's at the time where you are asked to be unselfish. Maybe not those words. But God will speak to your heart and say, actually, I really do need you to do this. And that's why it's so important to walk in communion with the Lord every day, because as you speak to him, God will just nudge you. You know, he doesn't shout. He doesn't push. You know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman in that he will guide you and say, look, um, I really don't think this is a good idea. Or he might say, I really need you to step up on this. Or he might say, it's actually time for you to um, spend less time with this person and more time with this person. He may say, um, instead of calling the person every day, maybe spend that time praying for them. The person may not understand why the relationship has changed, but you might be more effective praying for them than talking to them on the phone. Um, he may ask you to give more financially to your local church. He may ask you to... Um, take on fewer hours at work so that you can be available for your family. There's always a call and there's always a challenge and sometimes it hurts because if you empty yourself, it's painful. Let's pray. Father, I know how much you love us and you love us so much that you don't want us to stay the same. What I'm asking for from you today is that you would enable me to walk in humility and unselfishness, but also to the, the women and the families listening, that they too would walk in humility and unselfishness. We have read your word. We have how many? 9, 10, 11, 12 verses to show us how to deal with selfishness. Now, 
you don't expect perfection from us, but you do expect us to pursue all things pertaining to godliness because that's what you've equipped us for. Holy Spirit, come and do the work in me now because you know that I need it. I'm working the lives of the ones listening. Strengthen us so that we can do the things you want us to do with joy, but also at the right time. There's nothing like doing the right thing at the wrong time. In fact, it's even worse than doing nothing. So help us to be so in tune with you that we are constantly moving in step with your daily plan for us. Thank you so much, Father, for this time. Bless your women, bless your children, and bless these families with your grace and your mercy and your faithfulness today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for your time today. Our next mini-series will be on self-control. So keep tuning in and we will have um, a three-part series on self-control. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone, that's all from me today on Revitalize, Inspire, Perspire, Expire. It's been so wonderful to um, have you listening in. Thank you for your time. If you haven't already done so, visit teachingmums.com to find out all the things that Teaching Mums is doing right now and leave a review. Leaving a review means that more and more women and families like yours are able to hear this message, this encouragement. I'm available on all the platforms where podcasts are shown and aired. Um, and it's wonderful to um, to have you with me on this journey. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye.